0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of Realcom Live. Um, we have got another great topic to great speakers today, uh, to great guests. Hey, guys.
1: Hello. Good to have you with us. While Jim's getting his mic sorted out, uh, just want to thank you guys for both being on the show, uh, you know, on this, on this topic, an important one. Uh, hey, Nick, Nick, Joe, why don't you just take a, couple of mi- a minute or two introduce yourselves a little bit about uh, you and your companies and your relationship to the topic. Why don't we start with you, Nick? Sure. Well, good
2: afternoon, everyone. Good day, I should say. Uh, Nicholas Stello, Senior Vice President of Technology Infrastructure at Vernado Realty. As you can see, Vernado has over 26 million square feet of space and property that we own and manage, mostly concentrated concentrated in New York City. We have a um, a large single property in Chicago called the Merchandise Mart and several properties in and around San Francisco. Um, the big uh, the, the big project recently is the renaissance of the Penn Plaza District. There is approximately 12 to 15 million square feet of a campus-like setting in this uh, heart of New York City that uh, we've uh, partnered partially with the state of New York um, to help redevelop in addition to uh, our own properties. The, the Farley Building was a joint venture of, of sorts, and uh, we continue to make strides and upgrades in and around that uh, fantastic location.
1: Great, thank you. Joe, uh, a little bit about you and Related in 5G.
3: Thanks, Howard. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Joe Rich. I'm CIO here at Related uh, based in New York. Uh, we are a owner, operator, developer, fund manager. Flip to the next slide um and we operated many different asset classes of real estate um you can you can see the slides but the company got its uh its original start and uh is still core competency in in affordable housing so uh it's, it's very important uh to to our mission as as well as all of our asset classes uh some quick numbers uh, here, so you can see about related the size of the portfolio, you can see we have uh, quite a few residential units um, with 55,000 affordable units with the largest uh, single private affordable operator in the U.S. And like Vernado, uh, related mostly self-manages most of our assets uh, as well.
0: All right, guys, my my sound a little better? Much better. Much better. All right. You know, the, those, uh, those bugs in the networks, have no idea. So um, Howard, thanks for filling in. Guys, as I was saying, we've been through a, a number of iterations on, on telecommunications leading up to 5G. And there's been an awful lot of hype over the last three years. We had a 5G pavilion at RealCom and IBcon in 2019, last time we were uh, in Nashville. So from your perspective, let's start with Nick. Uh, give me your high level overview on what is 5G and how is it different than everything we've seen before? Well,
2: 5- 5G to me, Jim, uh, is probably the most hyped uh, new technology I've ever heard of in, in my lifetime. Um, there's never been anything like this in terms of going from 3G to 4G. Um, that was pretty much of a, a no moment um, yeah. uh, issue. But look, 5G is a game changer in terms of what can be done and what can be possible with the different types of 5G, right? right. Uh, we believe that it is a, an important technology we're bringing to our portfolio. Um, there are different flavors that we'll get into in, the, in, in a little bit of 5G, but look, we believe our tenants are interested in having it. Um, we are very, um, very interested in providing it for them. It's important to, for them, it's important to us. And uh, we started you know, a, a rollout of an indoor 5G program um, a while back, and we're making some strides. But since it's still relatively new, the ability to do an installation and get the equipment, quite frankly, to begin with has been a little bit of a, a struggle. You know, the, the 5G needs to be on the outside, which is the macro, and then the carriers will start permitting the indoor cellular systems, which we have many, um, to be, you know, 5G-capable or 5G-equipment-ready and we're we're sort of running into some some uh, difficulties in getting some equipment from some large carriers, but we're we're making some strides. Again, we believe it's important, and um, we're we're just doing our best to fulfill the needs of our tenants.
0: Well, well, if you think about it, you know, cellular communications. You think about your cell phone as you're driving down the freeway but statistics will show you that most mobile communications takes place inside buildings. So it's kind of ironic that the carriers spent all their time, money, energy on the outside when most of the activity was going on the inside. And I can't tell you the number of high profile, big buildings I've been in where I'm on the fifth floor and my cell phone doesn't work, right? right. So I I was under the impression that one of the things I liked about 5G was that it was gonna focus a little bit more on the inside. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Joe, how about you? High level, You know, what do you, what is 5G to, to you?
3: So, uh, like Nick, I, I'm also uh, stunned by the amount of buzz around five G and the amount of market, amount of marketing around five G that the carriers are 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 doing, despite where exactly we are. And um, so, if we talk about five G, I think there's there's three varieties: we low band, mid band, high band, or uh, ultra millimeter wave. Now, the uh, the lower bands are are kind of the souped up. LTE, souped up 4G, uh, but 5G has great potential in terms of lower late, lower latency, higher bandwidth, more capacity. Um, incredible uh, potential. And so where we are today, I'll, I'll throw out a quick anecdote. Uh, in, in New York City, uh, a lot of the carriers, most of the carriers have what's called 5G-E. Um, and I think that's just a different marker for lte uh, and i received a phone call yesterday from one of our senior execs said how do i switch 5g off because it doesn't work in the back of a, a car in new york city so i had to we had to switch down to lte to to standardize so that's the state of the the macro network this is an example but where we're we going in building you know many of us uh for commercial office buildings have, have built out uh extensive uh DAS networks in our buildings and um, the good news is for 5G, there, there's going to be some work to upgrade to the low band and mid band 5G. And that's where the focus and the energy is right now. The high, high band millimeter wave ultra wide band, if you will, uh, 5G is something very different. It, it's, uh, it has the greatest potential, but it's also at, in the current state of the technology, it's, it's the greatest cost because it's a completely different architecture. Mm-hmm. Most people today will tell you, if you're going to architect for a millimeter wave, you have to rip and replace your DAS system because the number of antennas are different, the types are, are different, um, the see, coverage- that's not,
0: what the market, that's not what the marketing yeah. suggests.
2: Yeah, the, 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 you know, the marketing, a lot of the marketing you see ultra-wideband, that's the macro, that's the super super speeds, if you will, on the outside. The inside. to Joe's point he's exactly right. You know, our push for 5G indoors, is to upgrade our existing 4G LTE systems that can um, utilize the, the the low band 5G um, equipment. Right. Yeah, but
0: if, at, get... at, at a high level, though, it's a little unfair to talk about all these features and functions and bundle it all in the big conversation, but forget right. to talk it, about the differences between these different well, technologies. Joe just. It's, but look, it's
2: working because we're all speaking about it, right? Right. But, but there's I, differences. I
3: also, I also think that we are. You know, when, it, when, when it comes to the millimeter wave and, and the high band, we're in the first inning of a nine-inning mm-hmm. ballgame. I, right. I think this is the current state of the technology, the current state <laughs> of the equipment. I expect that to evolve over time. The other thing that we talked about is the use case. What's right. the use case for in-band millimeter wave? Right. It's, it's very um, theoretical at this point, and it's not... It's not—it's uh, not completely clear to, to really anybody at this point. I think it will be in a couple of years. And- well, yeah. also- So you're oh, leading was, right into
0: my next question. so and, yeah. and We'll start with Nick. Why is a building owner, you know, do you need to be worried about five G
2: today? Well, I, again, I think it goes back to, and, and you know, I, I think Joe and I are, 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 are in alignment here. You know, with the tenants, you know, if they 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 want whether it's an amenity or, you know, a requirement, which, look, years ago, the in-building cells started as an amenity, right? And now it's, it's a requirement. Um, if they wish to have 5G on their phones, they're asking for 5G. They want it because of what we're talking about. They want it because of the, the influx of marketing and things like that. We have very, very, very few tenants that have the, the millimeter wave, it, it, you know, the, the separate system for their specific needs in order for them to conduct business, right? Has to be approved by the carrier. They're very conservative when they give these out. Um, it's very expensive. It was picked up, I believe, you know, from the tenant. It was a tenant cost. The carriers don't really want to push a lot of indoor millimeter wave um, systems out there. And again, to Joe's point, we're in the first inning. Even the low band, which is just a step up from the 4G, we're still having um, difficulties and it's not the typical or recent supply chain issues it's that the technology is just coming uh, out in order for us to get it into our buildings
0: now uh, Joe want to find anything to add on to that as far as the why uh,
3: I agree with Nick it, it's got to be driven by by our customers right? it's like right. everything else it's it the, the demand has to be driven by the customers and You know as customers see a use case for 5g because it's a complete and again the current state of technology it's it's a complete rebuild um we'll work with those those customers got it
0: so that's actually a, a good segue into our next conversation which is the tenants but that's probably going to take a little longer let's take a brief break for a commercial and when we come back we're going to dive into what the tenants are asking for uh in these
4: very very high profile buildings the wireless industry is changing fast, and Halo is leading the way as the new intelligent, cutting-edge leader in neutral host infrastructure. Serving all vertical markets, Class A office, hospitality, residential, healthcare, stadiums, and large public venues. Delivering state-of-the-art technology solutions with future upgrades to accommodate the highest demands of mobile users 5G applications, a trusted and proven partner to all wireless carriers, REITs, owners, and developers. The Halo team is leading the industry with the highest standards in mobile and wireless communication, a trusted and proven partner to all wireless carriers. The future of wireless is now, and Halo's full-service, turnkey solutions are solving our clients' communication challenges, today and in the future. Connecting the Wireless World. All right,
0: guys. Um, Actually, before we go on to the tenant conversation, uh, I'm going to take a quick left turn. Uh, I got a question from one of our uh, audience that was right in line with what we were talking about before the show started, which was um, the relationship between um, uh, 5G millimeter and and Wi-Fi. Um, So any quick comments on, you know, for somebody who's looking to build out a big infrastructure on uh, the difference, what you guys have seen so
3: far? Sure. Uh, I I, I think uh, in terms of Wi-Fi 6 and millimeter wave, I think they're completely different products for different applications because of the the nature of the amount of bandwidth and and capacity of of both of them. Now, Wi-Fi 6 is obviously a vast improvement over the current state of Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi 5. Um, We're we're absolutely looking forward to that. Millimeter wave is is many steps above that. It's also further out into the technology curve than Wi-Fi 6 is. Um, To give you an example, it's called 6 because it it operates on a 6 gigahertz range. So if you take 1 to 100 as the range for wireless communications, just as an example, with Wi-Fi 6 operating at 6 gigahertz, the millimeter wave range is about 24 to 67 gigahertz. It's it's much higher up the scale, um, which will allow for a lot more applications to it. So it could be a competing uh, application, but I think there are applications that don't exist today that just won't work on Wi-Fi 6 in the future.
2: But it could also, if I may, it could also be a stepping block, if you will, to, to millimeter, right? So yeah. it's as Joe said, the, the speeds are much you know, much improved and the security is better. But when you get to millimeter um, and that frequency, you know, the security is a really big deal, which you know, doesn't the, 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 the Wi-Fi 6 doesn't afford you the level of security, the full encryption, if you will, of a millimeter, you know, um, F2C licensed uh, band. So with these different
0: competing, not competing, these different wireless technologies that offer different features, functions, capacities, and to Joe's point, different timelines as far as practical availability, isn't your job pretty tough as far as juggling when to get in and, and, and where to enter in this next generation of of wireless communications?
2: Yeah, I'm, look, I mean, for, for us, Jim, you know, we've looked at the millimeter wave option and, you know, for large, um, you know, large spaces with large numbers of people, it makes sense, right? And that's not the entire building. It's just doing the entire building just doesn't make any sense. And I don't even know if we'd be permitted from the carriers to do that, right? So. I think our, you know, our lane in which to drive is relatively limited. We have the low-band five G for indoor right now. We could also deploy five G millimeter, the ultra high speed, but you know the 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 throughput is extremely high. The coverage isn't great um, in very specific areas. With a, you know, it's a different physical layer and it's it's expensive, right? right. But right now, in terms of capacity. Um, we I, I just don't think there's anything other than what we're doing for the for the near future, right? To yeah. Joe's point, first inning, it will keep changing.
0: Well, I'll tell you, I'm old enough to have been there when uh, we are leaving many computers and moving into distributed PC networks. And I understand the pull and you know the push and the pull of existing technologies right. and the promise of future technologies. It's not easy. it's It's a delicate uh, uh, beam or uh, to to walk. Let's pivot a little bit back to the tenants. So we got the marketing a little bit ahead of where it should be. We got the reality of different you know, technologies working or not working with each other. Has the, has the marketing worked on the tenants? I mean, are they coming to you guys saying, we need this or else? Joe, you wanna start this one?
3: Sometimes, I mean, a larger tenants are, are more sophisticated, educated, sometimes more educated than, than we are. And they're, they're not demanding, they're demanding the coverage um, necessarily 5G, not as much. Some smaller tenants are, are demanding it and, and we can accommodate for that. Um, but we're not seeing demand for mil- millimeter wave kind of installations yet. And like Nick said, it will be on a tenant by tenant customer by customer, by customer basis. Yeah.
2: And, so. and, you know, if I may, I, Jim, you had mentioned going back a few years. So when we started this endeavor 10, 12 years ago, Probably even longer um you know people would ask about cellular coverage in general and it would be do you have it It'd be nice to have right so that that's done a 180 degree turn it's we want it but now they're asking could we have 5g it's right. it's not a demand but you know we, we just like we did at the beginning we'd like to provide them with what we can and you know again i agree with joe here it is um, not a hard and fast demand the requirement of in-building cellular is more of a demand. It's a, it's a nice to have with 5G, um, with the exception of the very few tenants that may have millimeter because of their specific needs.
3: Okay. Yeah, it's it's very it's very interesting because I, I've seen I think a grand total of three leases, three commercial office leases that were specific to for coverage in in the tenant space over the past 15 years. Uh, I expected that to be all leases, but it didn't happen that way. Right. Market, it didn't, it really didn't happen in our major markets. I, I can't
0: tell you so. how grateful I, I am to have guys like you who can tell us what's going on on the ground, right? Because, you know, again, we had a, a 5G pavilion at, at, and we're still a thousand percent behind it. Believe me, uh, we we love advancing technologies. But for smaller companies who may not have the resources like you guys and these big projects, these big companies, they're, they're you know, they're, Doing their best to understand this stuff. So, I really do appreciate you coming on and sharing this with us because we consider you the leaders and uh, it's important for the industry. Um, we're going to run out of time. So, I got a couple more questions I want to get to real quick. Um, for years, you know, go up the fifth floor, cell phone doesn't work, and there's a ton of finger pointing. You know, uh, how come my cell phone doesn't work in this class A office building in this big city? And, you know, it's the carriers point the finger at the owners, the owners at the, at the, at the um, carriers. What is going on in that conversation? I mean, who's going to pay for this infrastructure required inside buildings? Any thoughts?
2: Yeah, I I mean, I'll start. I think it depends. I think it depends on the venue. Um, It depends on the, you know, the landlord. You know, I'll give an answer. That might not be an answer. I apologize, but it really does depend. Um, The shift for funding these capital projects has, has absolutely been from the carriers to the landlords, right, or anyone other than the carrier, if there is a tenant in a building that wants to install a system just for themselves, if they have one, two three floors, part what have you, the carriers will you know likely acquiesce and, and do that. but you know when it when it comes to who pays, it really still depends on what the venue is, what the value also. Of that property and the tenants within that property to the carrier may be. Joe, thoughts? Yeah,
3: yeah I would say you know related is is uh, is a developer and operator in many asset classes, and for many years now, the carriers have not been interested in funding in a multi multi tenant residential purely multi tenant residential building. Um, so we've been funding that. Uh, it's very different on the commercial office side. Um, and you know, for years, certainly the carriers have been spending their own capital in our assets. Um, I agree with Nick that, that party is very quickly coming to an end and, uh, you know, that's a hard conversation for guys like us to have internally. Yep. Cause I get it. our, 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 uh, our senior management doesn't understand why, <laughs> right. what's the difference. So, um. It's it's fine. It's it's a it's a conversation, um, but I I also understand it. You know, again, as going back to five G, if we're running a private network at that point, um, it could be potential uh, opportunities for us as as uh, owners and operators as well, and mm-hmm. and that would be true of any size you know real estate developer that has. To put in a private network, if you have to pay for it, you should be able to monetize that that asset. And I think there's going to be new revenue streams that are available um, based on the technology.
0: I Very Well, and we've been trying to be a conduit for years to get this conversation advanced because I think we can agree on a few things. Uh, telecommunications is not slowing down. Mobility is not slowing down. People carry cell phones with them 24 hours a day. They need those cell phones to work inside buildings. I think we can. Everybody on both sides can agree on that, and I, I would do whatever possible to bring all parties to the table to look at the cost side of this and make sure our cell phones work on the first floor as well as the 50th floor of any building in the world. You know, and uh, I, I think that carrier conversation has to continue. We're going to reach out to them. We hope to have them at Real Common IBCon, uh, and, and this conversation is going to go uh, much deeper at the conference uh, because it's it's an important one. All right, we got a couple minutes left, real quick. Again, thanking you guys for not just being some of the smartest guys on the planet because of the companies you work for and who you are, but be willing to share that. What do you say to those smaller building owners and operators who don't have the budgets, the time, the resources to figure this stuff out, small to medium-sized real estate owners? Uh, Nick, we'll start with you. What do you say to them? Yeah.
2: So, look, if, if you know the, the, the goal is to get coverage for this building, right? And it's not in New York City. It's not a two-and-a-half-million-square-foot property. Um, One of the things that might be useful is to understand your tenant roster, right, understand and, and reach out to the carriers and ask them if or the tenants themselves and ask them if they have a larger nationwide contract with the corporate office that might have other offices across, you know, the state or the country in order to help leverage them bringing in their products and services to that building. I found that to be helpful in some of the things that we've done. Joe?
3: You know, I think uh, for smaller, if I'm, if I'm a smaller operator developer, uh, taking on three carriers at the same time is is quite challenging. Uh, taking on one is challenging. Three is, is really challenging. You're, you're just not going to have the resources. So, You know, third party operators like Halo, who we had uh, earlier, are are a great option. Um, You know, and if you you could also work with with them to try to create that revenue stream in the future for you, it also depends on what your your business strategy is on the development. Are you developing leasing and and selling? Are you is it a long term hold? It really depends. Um, But to Nick's point, whatever you're doing from a real estate perspective, you better have coverage indoors.
0: Yeah, and and from our perspective, you know, the RealCom, IBCon community, you know, we have no dog in this hunt. All we want is for mobile devices to work inside buildings for a lot of reasons. So if there's anybody listening, a smaller organization, reach out to us. You know, we can maybe get a group of you together and, and approach, you know, these companies to you as together as a group, as opposed to on your own. I don't want to say the word consortium, that sounds too complicated, but um, we, we're we going to try to act as a conduit in this conversation and because uh, we think it's important. So guys, we are out of time um, and, and I, we didn't even get to CBRS, no. IoT, Immersive, all the other things that are going to be a result of 5G and beyond. So could I ask you to leave the idea open and coming back and continuing the conversation? Sure. Would love to. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. And then again, we're going to be covering this, this topic in detail at the event. And we're going to have the vendors there, hopefully the carriers, the, the building owners. So we're going to have every, all the stakeholders in the same room. Hopefully we can advance this conversation a little bit faster. So uh, as always, always a pleasure to see you. Um, thank you so much for being here. And you guys have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you. bye-bye all right with that let's bring on howard Berger. in the news uh boy to this week was a busy week uh it seemed like all the news really popped up and we've got a lot more things going on and howard your job was harder this week so i'm going to turn it over to you and
1: and you can bring us oh thanks jim and joe Joe, nick that wasn't i thought it was a really important conversation i think your perspective as owner operators really clarified a lot of the confusion around 5g uh, looking forward to our next conversation and furthering the discussion. Thanks for joining us today. So, uh, first a few new, a few news items from our weekly briefing. It goes out every Thursday morning in our, uh, in our advisory. Uh, so a few weeks ago on live, we met with David Nussbaum. He was founder CEO of portal. It's an LA based company taking hollowportation to the next level. And, and now as a technology telepresence, it's been around for decades. In fact, we even showcased it by teleporting one of our keynote speakers from London to Dallas on the main stage at RealCom in 2001. Now, I gotta tell you, two decades has made a big difference and what David has done with this technology will absolutely blow your mind. Uh, so for our lead story this week, we've given you a link to the show. You can see for yourself how David's cutting edge technology works, how it's gonna be impacting our industry and the world in the future. It's about 20 minutes, definitely worth it. Happy watching. Uh, Also, I think we have a new candidate for the most technologically advanced hotel in the world. And it's right here in the good old USA. So Lake Nona, it's a 17 square mile, very visionary community close to the Orlando International Airport. They just opened the Wave Hotel in December and it has some very interesting smart technologies, including view smart windows, which have been installed in all 234 guest rooms plus all the luxury suites. Now the floor-to-ceiling view smart windows use AI to automatically respond to outdoor light and it eliminates the needs for blinds. So uh, the developer Tavistock, uh, their president, Nick Boucher, said our partnership with view is a critical part of our strategy to reimagine the built environment to improve how people live, travel, and work. So for those of you joining us, actually coming in to join us in Orlando in June, it looks like we'll probably be setting up a back-of-the-house tour of the hotel, so stay tuned uh there'll be more and um next story a year following its acquisition of ZKit, a virtual fitting room platform walmart started rolling it out to users of the walmart app and website now with their choose my model feature customers are now able to select from 50 models of clothing based on their height body shape skin tone to get a better sense of how clothing will actually look on them that's been a problem with online clothes shopping you just never know how something's going to actually look in real life so this way shoppers can get an immersive personalized digital experience that will better replicate actual physical shopping and this will impact uh the new omni-channel uh uh trends in you know in retail so keep an eye on walmart's tech initiatives as they're planning to be rolling out even more features that will further enhance the virtual shopping experience now finally I want to shout out to one of our longtime Realcom advisors, Suzanne, Susan Lily Jirak, for her promotion as senior vice president, and chief information officer at WashReed. Now, with WashReed's big emphasis lately on data and technology initiatives, and now that they are a multifamily owner and operator, they've announced that Susan, uh, who was was a CIO, has been promoted to senior vice president. Now, WashReed owns about 8,200 residential units. In the washington dc metro area in the southeast along with commercial space in dc metro area susan joined wash read i think we're back in april 2016 as vpit and cio has about 25 years of experience various technology roles spanning real estate consulting application services and manufacturing organizations we just want to say congratulations susan yeah um, that's it for me yeah
0: and and i will tell you that uh, she is one serious professional and uh, it's good to see her advancing in her career a great contributor
1: and 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 supporter uh you know of our everything we do
0: and when one other thing i would mention on your first article is watch that video i mean incredible conversation incredible technology sneak preview uh we're going to be dealing with this a lot at the conference not just talking but showing and doing and uh, if you want to try to understand immersive experiences and where the hybrid world's going and what employees are going to expect when they get back into those offices, you're really going to want to follow this because it's not going away. That's how It's told. next level
1: stuff. Yeah. 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 Check it out. Yeah, you say that,
0: but we, we had it in 20, 2001. So we're now going on 21 years. It's, it, I think it is now positioned to take off for a
1: lot of reasons. It's evolved. It's yeah. evolved pretty nicely. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Howard, thank you so much. You it. have
0: a great day and a great weekend. Be well. You too, All right, uh, before we wrap, and I talk about next week's show, let's hear from our final sponsor.
2: Technology has changed the way we live. Emerging technologies are erasing the boundaries that separate people, places, and ideas.
1: For more than 25 years, Crown Castle has been building and maintaining the infrastructure that supports this new way of life. Towers keep us connected. Instantly delivering voice, text, and data to the devices we depend on. Small cells improve coverage and set the stage for new advancements, like the Internet of Things,
2: smart city technologies, and 5G. Tying it together is our nationwide network of fiber.
0: Bringing the entire world to us
1: in the blink of an eye.
2: Here is where we find ourselves. Providing the infrastructure
4: that new innovation requires.
1: The space where transformative ideas thrive.
4: The connections that keep communities together safe and growing
1: we're crown castle the pathway to possible
0: all right with that i would like to wrap today's episode a big shout out to nick and joe for giving that incredible insight to our audience on 5g that conversation is going to continue uh thanks to our sponsors and thanks to our crew for making it another great episode and next week, continuing that theme of uh, virtual immersive experience, what to expect in the office, we got a real treat for you. One of our longtime friends, Adrian Velochescu from the Standard Vision, is going to talk to us about uh, some things that you can't even imagine. Um, we actually had a uh, one of our hybrid events in Adrian's studio in Los Angeles. I just heard he's moved uh, to a new studio on Melrose. He's got all the latest and greatest. You're not going to want to miss that episode because... Immersive is coming to an office, a mall, a mixed-use project, uh, a residential apartment near you. So with that, thank you to everybody. You have a great day, great weekend, and we'll see you next Friday. Be well, and peace to our friends in Ukraine.